0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Catholic Walk. Your, what's what should our tagline be, let's think? Your favorite layperson plus soon-to-be uh, priest podcast. Yeah, <laughs> brought that. to you by... <laughs> 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 yeah, so brought to you by yours truly, Mario, who is the layperson in this podcast, and... Anthony Darren
1: Premkumar. According to Mario, well, I'm factually soon to be priest. <laughs> I mean, I've still got four years. So I don't know if you would say soon to be or four and a half. So I guess you could say soon to be. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. I again have a coffee here, though it's quite late. I still prefer to have a coffee to have a clear mind as I speak. What about you, Darren? What's your beverage of choice?
1: Uh, For me, as usual, it's water. <laughs> because, like I said before, coffee doesn't really work on me, but although mm-hmm. I don't have a drink with me, I am in a new environment now, so I am back finally at seminary, so all this time before all our podcasts that we have been recording, I've been at home, and so it's good to be back to um finally kind of continue formation with the community here and um yeah, so this is the first Catholic world podcast from
0: my seminary, yeah. Yeah, in Darren's natural habitat. Yes, my natural habitat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Just before this for dinner, I was like, okay, what shall I make? And I had, uh, I wanted to make something quick. So I was looking for noodles. And I usually keep a bunch of noodles in my uh, storage compartment. And I go and I found these spicy Korean noodles. It's got that 2x spicy, you know. And I was also, there's like a red and a black variant. The black is supposed to be 3X. I don't know if I can yet take it. So I bought the 2X one and I made it. And um, it's spicy. It's been a while since I last had the first one of it. I think the first time I tried it, it was like four months ago or something like that. So obviously the spice doesn't really stick in my head. Like you don't remember how spicy it was. So today I just had it. And I think for some time my lips were all burning... And I needed something to really like calm myself down and actually that's the real reason why I'm having the coffee. It's got some milk in it. It's not merely coffee, it's cappuccino. But that was super <laughs> spicy.
1: <laughs> well, sometimes you do need a bit of a spice kick, you know, to get your to get yourself going. We are both sure Indian and Sri Lankan, so like spice is part of our life. <laughs> so yeah, to be honest yeah. with you, if we if we can't handle spice, I think
0: it's a disgrace for <laughs> to our to our to our yeah. heritage. So yeah. But, but I must tell you, like, I mean, Sri Lankan spice is a totally different spice. I think I visited Sri Lanka about three and a half years ago or something for the very first time. Uh, my dad's mm. actually born, was born in Sri Lanka. So it's, uh, it's always been my dream to go and visit Sri Lanka, the place of my dad's birth. Oh, right, and we yeah. got an opportunity and we went there. And uh, I was in Colombo and I was like, oh, okay, let's just order anything normal in a restaurant and we order the food. And my gosh, it was spicy. My dad couldn't bear it. I could have it. I mean, like, I must say that, you know, like that's one up on me against my dad. Like I could have the spice, but (laughs) at the same time, it wasn't, uh, you know, the regular Indian spice that I'm used to. I must tell you Sri Lankan spice is in another league. It's not even like, you know, in India you have different places in India having different spice levels, but Sri Lankan spice was like totally uh, something I'd never encountered before.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, my mom. To fair, my mom when she's at home, when she cooks, she doesn't actually put too much spice because of um because of my sisters and and me. But <laughs> like, but ah, but, uh, but yeah. I think um when I went to Sri Lanka, yeah, definitely, like the spices work. Like you said, another league, a complete another league for me. But yeah.
0: Yeah, you sir are English. I mean, what do you know about spice? <laughs>
1: Okay, Mario. Okay, 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 okay. I may be English, but I am deep inside. I am a true Sri Lankan. To be fair, some people do call me coconut because because I'm white in the inside, but brown on the outside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, but but I disagree with that completely. I think I'm both brown in the inside and brown in the outside. Mm. But anyways, so Mm. what's today's topic, Mario? Yeah,
0: I mean, you wanted to talk to us a little bit about fear, right? Could you tell, like, could you could you start by t- uh, by telling us what you wanted to speak to us about it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I didn't we really need to ask you what we we're talking about because I knew what we were talking <laughs> about. but I thought do that for the content, but anyways. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm sorry, I ruined anyway. that for you. But yeah, go on. It's okay, I built up in my head, but it's fine. So. So today I thought I'd talk about fear because um yeah something so so for those of you I don't know if I've mentioned this before but um from Christmas until well last week really last Saturday I've been at home due to Covid and um the pandemic and um so a lot of my studies and a lot of my formation was basically taking place at home uh so um so during this lockdown, I've been trying to, you know, get myself involved in different things. And so one thing that I've got involved with is um, Brother Jude's daughters. Start, they've done. They started this um, mission school, discipleship school called um, Crossroad. And so it's a 10 week course and um, we're coming towards the end of it. So in January, I started taking part in this um, Crossroad. And so one, um, one of the topics that we covered um, in Crossroad was about fear and um the different kinds of fear that we can have. And so we were kind of all praying and about about this topic and about different fears that we would have in our lives. And so for me when I was sort of discerning over this topic, for me the fear that um I had mainly was the fear of man. Afraid of judgment and um being afraid of what people will say to me and say to my family. And um so this took a massive is um this has been a massive um I don't know if you say problem or a massive block in me. And the reason why is this. So like you very well said, Mario, I am a seminarian. But um, not everyone knew that I am studying in seminary. Mm-hmm. So basically, when I um, decided to start formation to the priesthood, I told everyone from my dad's side, but my mom's side never knew. And the reason why they didn't know is because, like, it because out of my own fear, because basically they are not Catholic, they are like um, Pentecostal okay. and um, Church mm-hmm. of England, right? And so they didn't really understand the priesthood. And so then I decided to sort of keep it to myself and said, you know, let's wait one year or two years and then I'll go and tell her once I've um started, um, uh, once I'm like two or three years into formation. And so that was like sort of the mindset I had. But then recently, especially in this um, period of lockdown, I started to realise that, this fear that I've had um with about them has kind of proven to be a a massive block for me both spiritually mm-hmm. and in my formation and um I just remember one day actually like um normally you know you you'd have I would have my lectures in the morning and afternoon, and so then I would decide to have a nice break a midday nap in the in the in the afternoon after all my lectures and I just remember one day I was going to bed and I just felt a very deep guilty feeling. So then, I couldn't really sleep properly. I was trying to figure out why I felt so guilty. Like, you know, did I hurt anyone, or um, um have I done something wrong? And so then, I kind of took it to prayer because I really needed to you know, figure out what this guilty feeling was. I said so while I was praying, um, it came to my mind that the reason why I felt guilty was because I was hiding my priesthood from mm-hmm. my um, from my uncles. Yeah. And so then I realized that this is starting to become a massive block for me mm-hmm. and um all this time um in my formation it has been, it has been as if i was basically sort of just looking behind me every time out of fear you know and i wasn't able to properly um go forward in my formation and flourish in my formation because of this um fear that i've had in me and so so the when i realized that actually okay i had i have to tell my um, uncle's uncles about um, my formation and my desire to become a priest before entering seminary i really prayed for courage and um and just asked god you know really give me the courage and give me the strength to go and do it because i was extremely scared to actually tell them so then the next day um this is where everything kind of started to click because the next day my bishop calls me mm-hmm. and asks me to meet him so i go to the bishop's house in northampton which is the diocese i represent and he basically asked me you know how everything is you know um, uh, what how is um, how was studying at home and formation going for me and I told him truthfully you know I said like Christmas was great and and um, but you know studying and trying to continue formation at home was being very difficult so I feel like I should um, I should go to a parish and then what my bishop said to me was you know that's that's very good you said that because I have a plan for you and basic, and he basically said to me that he's planning on um starting this kind of mission house where um where he uh where we can start um, having more mission in the diocese because because this is a new bishop for our diocese, so he's only been our bishop for about almost a year now. Mm, okay. And That's so um, quite new. So, it's, so it's basically like, Yeah, you know, I wanna I'm I've met all the priests and I feel like there's a lack of mission going on in the diocese at the moment, so I wanna start mission. And he says to me because he knows me very well because basically my bishop was my rector here oh, nice. before he became my bishop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he knows he's he's he knows me very well, and so he knows my character and he knows like this sort of a um, view that I have for mission. And so he was like, you know, I want to um, you know bring you here close to me, and so that you can get involved in mission a lot more. And so then when he said that to me, you know, I was very happy and excited to be part of this, but then I realized. As soon as he said that, that the reason why I felt this guilty feeling about not telling my uncles about my priesthood was because if I still kept this fear, then it's going to become a block for the purpose mm-hmm. that God has for me in my life. True. And so for me to, to flourish completely and to be able to really do what God's will is for my life, I need to be able to remove all these blocks. And So then I got the courage and I... and um, then I knew that you know this is an important step for me, you know not just for for peace in myself, but both for my formation and for um, to walk in God's purpose in my life. And so then, I yeah, so I got the courage and I went and told my uncles. And honestly, like when I told them, they were it, the reaction wasn't as bad as I thought would thought it would be. You know, they were basically saying stuff. They were crying. There were a lot of emotions. But they were basically saying, you know, if God has called you this way, and then you know, who are we to stop you? Yeah. And I told them my testimony. I told them how God called me. Then at the end, they were basically like, okay, you know, you know, this is a difficult thing for us to process, but we are happy that um, if this is God's will for you, and if you have really discerned as well, then you know, we wish you all the best. And and so what that really showed me was that the fear I had was a complete miss or or misunderstanding Mm -hmm. in a sense that the fears the these ideas that I had running in my head about them were completely wrong and I guess that's what fear you know does to us right yeah it's that some because the reason why we are scared to do something is because we think about the outcome or the consequence Mm -hmm. of what we are doing and very often we have this sort of um this sort of image in our mind that you know if I do this this is how it's going to turn out yeah and very often, that's um, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was exactly you know what happened. In my head, I had this idea that if I tell them about my priesthood, they're going to shout, they're going to cause so many problems. And so I was running away from that. And then once I actually came out and told them about my priesthood, it was the complete opposite. And they actually, I guess, showed more love than anger. And so um, sometimes fear can be extremely... Uh, deceiving and so yeah so that's my story mm-hmm. and this all happened just before I came to seminary and so I thought you know fear is a it's a good topic to talk about because you know a lot of us go through different kinds of fear True. in life and um, and sometimes and very much, I think actually all the time fears can become a block for um, for our vocations or for whatever purpose that God has called us for in life
0: yeah, I totally agree. I think I mean, as you were speaking about this, a couple of a couple of thoughts came to my head, like and uh, surprisingly, also, uh, there was a podcast I was actually listening, listening to about fear itself. It it was not a religious oh, podcast, probably. but it was a lot more scientific. And I'll, I'll also talk a little bit about that. So I mean, I think the first aspect that I drew from what you spoke was that you were not able to tell others or you're not living your true identity in a way. Because you That's were right. largely being uh, you had this fear of what would people think of you. So you were hiding this aspect of your life away from your aunt and your uncles, right? Mm. And, the, and that was I think the, prob- the the real the reality of the situation here, which is like you had this fear of what they might think and hence you hid your, your true identity. you weren't being you weren't able to be your true self. And we have all this talk about being your own self, right, in the world these days. And I think this is one of those deeper aspects that people don't really get the fear of who you are. Like, I think if, if I had to look at this from a perspective of where I'm coming from at work, for example, if I were to go to church on Sundays, which I do, if I had to, like, initially, I struggled with mentioning to people that I would go to church on Sundays or take catechism classes, mm, yeah, or on yeah. Fridays, go for a prayer meeting or whatnot, because I was like, Oh, what are they going to think of me? You know, like, you know, that was really so I was hide- hiding, who I was, but I overcame that fear in a way. But I'm sure, I mean, that's, that's completely different compared to the fear you were facing. It's like oodles, oodles right, of, yeah. of, on a different scale. But I was like, just like trying to relate it in a similar perspective. And when you spoke about the the Outcome of what happened when you actually revealed it to them, right? That's what actually got me thinking about this podcast. If I'm not mistaken, it was called the Hidden Brain Podcast, and then they had like they have a lot of like topics that they talk about, and one of it was fear. I think many a time people mm-hmm. do not actually go. Um, and state to someone else, or they're hiding something from someone else. It was basically hiding certain aspects of their life. That that was what was happening in Mm. your case. Mm. And we overemphasize in our heads how many times the other person was, uh, you know, uh, thinking about it. So, for example, let's say uh, if there was a part of our life, like people do this quite often when they meet and if uh, say say your job wasn't really a very cool job in society's uh, lives maybe you're you're driving a forklift or a truck or whatever. but when you met somebody else you didn't want to really tell who tell the other person who you are. so you end up going and telling them that oh yeah i I work in this construction company or this you know uh, freight freight company and you don't you don't really speak too much into what it is. But then behind yeah, your head, yeah. you've like lied in a way over here. And that adds to fear. So the, top, the, the, the podcast itself was about these small lies. But it was the fear of what happens if somebody finds out the truth about this. Because in any other uh, time you meet the same person to whom you've spoken this white lie in a way you're thinking at the back of their head, what if they see me actually drive a truck or what if they see me, you know, do this and that then, you know, you're thinking about this image. But in their minds, it doesn't even matter because they're like, they've you, they've taken you for what you've said and that's it. They're not think, trying to go and do a background check, etc. I mean, that's typically mm-hmm. what happens in, in like a case of a lie. But in your case, it was not revealing who you, you yourself was, which I mean, I might argue in yeah. a way was... Like, I think not telling the truth is also in a way a lie. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd probably wait on that front. Not trying to say that you lied over here, but you didn't really yeah. Yeah, speak it out, right? But I think that also... Just, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So that kind of puts a spin on how you actually... Uh, No, I I was not condemning you, Darren. No, don't worry. worry. (laughs) Just just making that absolutely clear. (laughs) Don't worry. I think I know when you condemn me (laughs) and when
1: you don't. (laughs) I'm all cool. cool. Yeah, so,
0: I mean, it's it's like not telling the other person what you are, right? And that eventually is not what the other person is thinking about. They are not constantly thinking about, oh yeah, is Darren a seminarian? Is uh, Darren going to be a priest? Oh, Darren's going to school is he secretly hiding something behind us? But that's how the evil one gets to us, right? Because it pri- I'm probably yeah. assuming it would have been prying on your mind for that long that you've not been able to tell these people who you so dearly love, who you really are. And you're like forced in this situation wherein you're like un- un- unsure of how you'll be accepted by them. And that's the fear that prevented you from telling them that. And I think that that was interesting for me to draw from from what you said yeah and uh, yeah, this yeah. reminds me of like uh, there's uh, a preacher uh, i mean i used to listen to her before don't do so anymore now uh, she had given uh, the full form of the word fear as false evidence appearing real her name is Joyce smeer she she is a christian speaker but uh, i mean uh, what the evidence the, evident, the th- that meaning of the word fear was like it was a nice acronym and i, I that really stuck false evidence appearing real. And I think that's effectively like the base definition of fear in a large clever, way. Actually, yeah. yeah, that's quite clever, right? Yeah. So I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, not, not to dwell too much on this one particular fear. I think a lot of people do suffer from being their true selves. Uh, in your case, it was about your priesthood, but it's also in about being who you are. Uh, children mm-hmm. suffer from telling their parents who they truly are. Because they hide a certain version yeah. of themselves uh, behind their friends and a certain version of themselves behind their parents. And it's a little difficult yeah. because when yeah. you lead in a way this double life, because the identity yeah. of who yeah. you are as a person mm-hmm. is difficult to eventually uh, formulate by just like looking at one faction of your life. And I think like in a sense, you would have sense you would have had this feeling of being free. Like it's like a huge weight off your shoulder when, once you got definitely. to speak to them about your uh you know who you really are and i guess there's like yeah. you're like oh yeah i can now walk without a care in the world and uh yeah tell us about yeah. that experience yeah. i think that that's interesting to hear honestly yeah definitely
1: it's like you said it's a definitely it's a massive sense of it's like a like you said a massive weight just gets you know lifted off your shoulders and it's like um you know it's like you know for example um you know because we are all created, right, to be free. We weren't created to feel restricted, you know. And um, and so for me, you know, it was it was such an uncomfortable feeling, this fear, because it get, it brought me a sense of restriction, and like um you know, for example, you know, not just spiritually, but like um, mentally, and even in the things that I wanted to do, I couldn't do it because of this this fear that I was carrying around. Like, one example being um, my YouTube. So, like, for example, I do YouTube videos, right? And um, sometimes, you know, when I'm preparing, like, a reflection for my YouTube channel, I'll be like, I'll sometimes think, you know, oh, you know, if I say this, you know, wouldn't they get an idea of what I'm doing, you know, of um, where I am? Mm -hmm. And so, even in that sense, like, there was things that I couldn't, I was too scared to say, even though I felt like I should say it. And so, this fear, for me anyways, it kind of... um it just kind of went very deep, it went mm-hmm. deep, deep inside of me. Yeah. And it wasn't just, like you said, it wasn't just, it, was, it started to become a lot more than just my identity, you know, but it started to become, I started. it started to affect me pastorally and um, spiritually. And and so, you know, when I eventually came out and told them that I am, I want to become a priest and this is what God has called me for it was a massive weight off me both spiritually you know physically you know I felt a lot more better and um, read prepared to go to seminary and mentally like I didn't have such a I didn't my mind was now fully focused um on going forward with my formation and um so yeah you're 100% correct in know um, saying saying that you know it's like a massive it's like freedom it's you know for a while you know fear is sort of like you know being tied to a tied to like a pole with a rope you know and like you just feel like you can't escape this you know it's kind of, it's a bad analogy but that's what I thought of but um but you know once you've kind of you know open up and you know embrace who you are you're kind of breaking yourself away from um, the, these chains i think chains is a better way you know like you're breaking these chains that are restricting you and now you can really go forward with um god's purpose for you in life and um for me actually like another thing that i wanted to also discuss and 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 talk about was um was peter and i felt like um like i was very much like peter in some sense because you know god jesus chose peter Mm -hmm. right as his apostle and jesus knew you know that peter would um, deny him three times jesus himself said that to peter before peter actually did it you know and um so you know it got me thinking like you know, Jesus chose Peter, knowing Peter would deny him three times. Yet Jesus chose him, and so then when I sort of look back in my life, I kind of felt like Peter in a sense, because I was denying Jesus in some sense. Mm-hmm, too, you know, I was yeah. denying his um call for me. I was denying his um his uh, his plans for me, his um purpose for me, and in, in some sense by hiding what I wanted to do, my desire for priesthood, I was kind of denying that. But then I realized that. You know, even though Jesus knows my imperfections, He knows my weaknesses. He still chose me, and so then what that reminded me was that fear is part of our lives. You know, um, it's part of it is part of our lives. But what we should know is that we don't need to be trapped in fear. That we can have God. We can we have Christ by our side who. Who is ready to break these bondages of fear, you know, and um, who's ready to free us. But the biggest challenge when it comes to fear is being able to identify that and looking past what's currently in front of you and knowing that on the other side of this like obstacle that you're fearful of is Christ and his like outstretched arms ready to receive you. And so for me, like a lot of people told me, you know, before. You know, don't be scared, don't be scared. And, you know, what they were saying was 100% true, but I just struggled to overlook that obstacle that was right in front of me. And then that was, for me, the biggest challenge. So when I was able to do that, when I was able to actually realise that there's so much more for me to to do, but, and I had to do, to get to do what those things are, I need to overcome this. Mm-hmm. And so when I realised that, like you said uh, you know it became a massive weight off my shoulders yeah and now true. i feel like i can i can run towards my purpose and i feel you know like um you know, now I, I feel like i can a free bird, exactly. And I can like, <laughs> comp- I can really flourish now yeah. in the purpose that God has called me for.
0: Yeah. And I think like, I mean, when you were mentioning about, you know, fear, like an like fear is like, you know, uh, like you're tied to a pole or a chain or something like that. I think like, I'd rephrase it a little bit and say, fear is like, you feel like your hands are tied with like metal chains, when in reality, it's tied by a yeah. really, really thin cord, which you could just pull and break free the impression yeah. that you have of fear is that it's like a metal chain that's holding you back but the reality that mm-hmm. obstacle that we speak of right that you spoke of that you had need to go past it's like a very thin sheet that you could just pass by but many a time it takes on this form of this massive thing that we don't understand. And that's with any kind of fear. And like just delving a little bit into like different kinds of fear, you've got like rational and irrational fears. And I'm somebody who actually has a lot of irrational fears. And uh, what I mean by right, that yeah, is like, you yeah. know, you assume a certain thing that was not supposed to happen. But, you know, like, you know, for those of you who've got like overly, uh, you know, uh like I mean, if your Im- if your imaginations can run really wild, like overly, Im- like hyper imagination, right? What it would mean, like you could <laughs> yeah, take a yeah. situation, and you could find, like you know, there could be hundred ways in which the situation could go, but you would find the one way wherein you know things might go bad, and that would be the thing that creep that would cause you to have fear that's how I term like mm-hmm. irrational fear imagine if you had to go and catch a bus right and the bus was at 9 30 yeah. p.m or a.m or whatever and if you the bus stand was five minutes away from home now I'm taking a very simple analogy you can of course put it to any other analogy or let's actually take a flight a flight is a lot a much more you know scary situation and stuff like that let's say you have a yeah. flight it's flight at 9 30 a.m And to get there, let's assume it's a domestic flight. The reasonable allocation of time would be one hour prior to your your flight's departure. You'd be at the airport for security and whatnot. So that's like 8.30 a.m. So you get ready and you're like, uh, it takes you, say, 10 minutes to get to the airport. Let's assume an ideal world where airports are close by. And uh, you (laughs) at 8 a.m. get ready to go and you go over there. But then there's this inherent fear that you may not make it like you've you've checked everything you've woken up at 5am and you've gotten ready and you're ready there waiting for the cab to come but then you're thinking about all these other possibilities that you know Why you wouldn't make it because the reality is that if you missed the bus, if you did not take your cab, you could take a train, if you did not take a train, you could take a bus. You know, there are n number of different possibilities in which you could still reach the airport, and still, one hour is a lot of time for a domestic flight, half an hour is all that you need. You still have all of that possibility, but still, there's this inherent feeling that, oh, maybe I'll miss it, maybe I'll miss it, and that's what I term as irrational fear. And I think, like, I I, I suffer with it for flights, and not only flights for like a ton of other things. And I found that, you know, not having that in many cases has helped me like, I mean, a flight is a very simple example. You can like extrapolate it to your job, you could extrapolate it to any other situation out there and those kind of irrational fears have a very binding effect on you because you're you you feel crippled in a way when you let fear overtake you mm. like you said right mm. when you let fear overtake you don't, you don't actually see jesus standing on the other side holding his arms wide open asking you to come and embrace him and say that you take go god says fear not we are not called to fear fear while is it is a natural emotion in a very large way it is not for us to be fearful because god is there like and i quickly want yeah. to just speak yeah. of like one small example like this, this happened, um, uh, like, uh, th- th- this happened, like I would call it a miracle or a vision, like in a way, like, like you, you, can tell me what, what you want to term it? But, uh, so I was to travel to India, like I was in India in, uh, December and Jan. Uh, so I'd gone to visit my family and, uh, you know, with the entire COVID situation, what you needed to do was to have a test taken a day before. Yeah. Like, uh, it needs to be like 72 hours before your arrival and things like that. So you had to go and get a negative test. And this was about a day or two days before my travel. And uh, we were at a church and I had gone to a, uh, a store to buy some snacks with a friend. So we were wearing our masks and everything inside the store. We come outside and we were walking past and going back towards the church. And there were a group of people who came by and they screamed really into our face. Now just a little before this my friend was telling me how her brother who was supposed to travel just ended up uh, getting tested negative the day before travel and then that started like seeping into me. And then there was this fear like, oh my gosh, these people screamed into my face. All this while I had the mask on me. For the the few seconds I didn't have the mask on me. What if COVID came onto me? And I was like, my gosh, my mind just (laughs) went berserk. But I just said a prayer and you won't believe. I had the most beautiful, vivid, like, vision in my head of, like, an angel literally covering me and my friend with with their wings and, like, protecting us. And I think I claimed that and... uh, of course my test came negative and that was just a brilliant way of how this was uh, this was treated and i was like wow this is seriously something different it's completely something out of this world and i had no clue that this was actually happening this way like i mean god can actually come and speak to you in a way that you least expected like where god can come and you know show you that he is there for you despite all your crazy imaginations and i think yeah yeah, fear is something that can be broken only through Christ. And when you break yeah, it, yeah. you can fly like a free bird.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, just on, um, you know, what you said about irrational fear. I think, you know, to be, able, to be able to, like, um, you know, get rid of some of these irrational fears that we have, I think we have to try and find the root cause for it. And I think sometimes that's the most difficult thing. Yeah. And, you know, there are some things that we are fearful of because of a traumatic experience from the past, you know, and um I for example I know some people you know that are um like um afraid to do stuff because of an, an accident that they had when they were younger. And also there are people that um like, kind of similar to what like to your situation where, you know, like a general like ideology that's been circulating around in you know, a society, around people, you know, um, or something that's happened that you know something that's happened that to a person that you know, even that can also sometimes um Know bring fear into you, and so it's it's about to be able to, to overcome you know these fears that we experience. We need to like get rid of you know the root cause of it, and um and so f- and in that sense, what really needs to happen is healing. We need like um some form of inner healing, mm-hmm. um in our lives to um to overcome uh, certain fears in our life, and that's where um that's where our faith is so important and. That's where our exposure to the love of God is so important, because you know, like you said, you know, um, there are a lot of things that um that I'll be fearful, fearful of in life, and uh, some of these stuff that I'm fear that I am I have a fear of have started from when I was a child, and so for me to be able to overcome that, I have to welcome Christ into my life and especially into these areas where um I have experienced trauma, or where I've experienced um something uh something quite you know, crazy and and that's been quite damaging for me yeah and so so i think that's like the prayer that we should you know really be offering to god whenever we come uh, come across um uh fearful situations especially if that fear has something to do with um uh, us when we were a lot younger or um in the past or some and trauma in general an, yeah or trauma in general, yeah. And um I think that's like the biggest prayer that um we need to offer to God today, especially. You know, because like you know, there's around the world, you know, um, you know, with this with war, with famine, with um, you know, people, you know, losing loved ones and um being exposed to traumatic experiences. A lot of these things, you know, have brought fear. Mm-hmm. You know, and this, and fear sometimes also brings you to question God as well, and so you know fear is it's quite a, it's quite a deep, it's quite a deep thing, you know, and it's not just being scared, but it affect it can affect your relationships both with people and with God, and so to to get out of that we need healing really.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, yeah. just to be clear, like, I think not all fear is rooted in some form of trauma. Like some of yeah, the fear also that also. you have is is uh, rooted in, in a form of trauma. And I think a lot, and it's also like the personality that you are that can also deal with, with, cause you to be a fearful person. And I think I'd call that person a warrior and that's pretty much me. And I had like a friend <laughs> give me this beautiful suggestion for a book, which was like, A Warrior's Guide to the Bible, 50 Verses to Ease Anxieties. It's by Gary Zamak. And uh, I've been reading this book and it's been very nice as well, I think. While we take up, like, we'd have to, of course, find the root of where our fears are coming from. Is it rooted in trauma? Is it rooted in some incident from the past? Because, like, you can take, like, I've got a, an, a very irrational fear for domestic lizards and I know where that that fear comes from because I mean like at a very young age I had a story told by uh, someone about you know what a li- lizard could do to you and that just stuck to my head and that's like what causes me to have fear for it but the fear has not been uh, crippling in a way let's put it this way I can't yeah. you know I'd like to yeah. get rid of a domestic lizard if it's available in the room it's there in the room I flee I flew to Germany because I don't have to face domestic lizards just kidding that was not the reason why I came here but uh, <laughs> like in in general. <laughs> in general like i mean like uh, like you need to like realize where your fears are coming because unless you know the root of where your fear is from you cannot stare it in the face and say get away from me and i think that's the important exactly. message yeah. and i think whether it's trauma whether it's re- whether it's rooted in some something mm-hmm. in the past like anything that you're scared of just think back about what might have been that reason that caused you to have that fear in the first place, yeah. right? And those are like fears of, mm. of things, fears of places, fear of people for that matter. And then, you know, then there's the other kind of fear which Darren spoke about just now, which was, or Anthony spoke about just now, which was his <laughs> his fear of being able to express who he was completely because of yeah. what, he, what he feared rather, right? I mean, he was not expressing who he mm. was for fear of what people might think of him. And I think, Fear falls under yeah. various brackets, and uh, we'd have to like be really rooted in figuring out what what the root of the of the fear is. And I think that's possibly the key takeaway: figure out the root of your fear, and like Darren has been, you will fly like a bird. I like that word. <laughs> I think I think that could be the end. that
1: could be the title of our podcast for this episode: "Fly, so fly Like a Bird." Like a bird.
0: <laughs> No, no, awesome, no. But, awesome. Um, yeah
1: but yeah but i think um like, no, one last thing that i just want to say is um for me like i wouldn't be able to get out of fear if it wasn't for the help of you know some of my brothers and some of uh, my friends especially like the prayers of my mom and stuff so you know i think one thing i would you know if i was to give like one key advice let's say about fear one thing i would definitely say is uh don't be afraid to journey with someone you know and share your experiences and with someone because very much that can help that can help and um you know it gives you extra strength and confidence to face you know uh certain challenges and f- certain fears um in your life so yeah that's like kind of like one key advice for you guys that i would give if you if you feel like there are fears in your life which you just can't tackle you can't handle you know um then allow allow open yourself to someone you can trust of course and um who you know personally that can help you and that will make the battle easier i think yep
0: exactly i mean like god called us all to be in communion with each other and that's why we have Mm. humans around us and it wasn't just adam alone so <laughs> <laughs> exactly
1: exactly exactly yeah, yeah
0: great i mean great that was really uh, brave of you to share your uh, experience Darren. and thank you so much that was definitely enlightening no, for no. all of us and uh, yeah yeah uh, well, uh, yeah thank you thank you for m- thank you
1: that was a great discussion and you know i do hope you guys um i hope just hope what we've discussed in all our episodes have been somewhat helpful and um useful to you guys and until next time then right mario yeah until next time fly like a bird
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh you know that's just gonna be in my
0: head like like for the rest
1: of the night now <laughs> cool
0: yeah see you all again yeah. and uh, yeah see you all again next time god bless take care guys peace